Good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of The Baptist Fence with me, Robert. With myself, Pete. My lap mouth. You out here. Yeah. Full furnace and that gas. Hey, do you know what? Anyway. Yeah. Hold on. Real quick, yeah. Um, what's what's the name of the of Pete and Robert combo? The Rock and the Rockstar. Okay, 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 okay. So slightly less sexual than Smash Brothers. Hey, fam. Well, it could be the rock and the porn star. Huh? <laughs> Robert wishes. Robert wishes he had that accolade. Who says I don't? Hey. <laughs> Have you searched for me online? <laughs> okay, what you guys are doing with that? I have something I wanted to talk about. All right. Zendaya. Hey. You think she's a good actress? Zendaya. I've only seen her in, um, I think I've only seen her in uh, Homecoming, in, in the Spider-Man movies. I don't think I've seen any of her other stuff. And in the Spider-Man movies, it's not necessarily about her acting, is it? She's a decent Mary MJ. I don't think she's Mary Jane, but she's a decent MJ she's in not. those. Yeah. Because mm, I remember watching another film with her and Bez Washington's son. Is she that it, but that's the because that was uh they did that during COVID so there was a lot of no, that was her, no her acting was bad for acting yeah but what I'm saying is because that seemed to be like a a special artistic um pursuits or whatever it was a big deal mm-hmm. so I imagine I wonder if she wasn't acting so much in that one or if she was trying to do this whole we're recording in lockdown and we're maintaining social distancing and we're not. Talking or touching or doing oh. stuff. I don't know. No, no. I, I think if, the last if, if thing you saw that, that movie, they were doing a lot of touching. Mm. What, Malcolm and Marie? Yeah. Yeah. I watched yeah. it. I, I started watching it and then I couldn't I couldn't get past 15 minutes. I just turned it off. What do you think about her acting in that? Ah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But there's there's something that I heard that really saves her. Where I think in Malcolm and Marie, she gave every single person on the production like a percentage of yeah. the production rights and so when they sold it to Netflix they all got a, pay- a payout yeah. and I'm like yo like the actor might not bang but I like that I can vibe to that <laughs> I can definitely vibe to that um, good gestures don't need good art <sighs> anyway I'm done um, sorry not sorry, sorry. Not sorry. last week was seat? Rob I think it's me yeah, Pete, you're gonna have seat. Yeah, cool. Let's uh, let's All test right. my heretic my hereticness today. You know what? Yeah, I've, I've, I've I got a question a for you. Yeah. All right, Robert, let's go. All right. So you know when God pours the sun in the sky? Uh, for Joshua. Yes. Uh huh. He said that the sun wouldn't go down for like two days or three days. Mm. I can't remember exactly. Um, great story. Lot of 
physics that are just thrown out the window, like a like a Fast Nine movie. Disrespectful, <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, just just because if the sun is going to stop, then from what we know about science, that would mean that the planets would have to stop rotating too. Okay. Yeah. At least in my mind. Mm-hmm. So, with occurrences like that within the Bible, mm-hmm. is there an element of you know what we just need to to uh, suspend disbelief in what we know or, or like how we know um, science works to make what happened make sense? I'll ask a question, and I'll be a bit facetious in this, but do you believe that Christ rose from the dead? So if you can't believe that, why can't you believe that God could stop physics? If he created it, why couldn't he defy the laws that he created it with? Like, I, I say that to say, um, I personally have no problem believing that. Um, and I don't require science to do it because it's faith. But then also, um, I can acknowledge the fact that a lot of history is written um, not necessarily without um, intent. So could it have been that maybe it was a particularly long day or it was a summer solstice or something and that got, you know, embellished, whatever. Um, I have no reason to, to think otherwise. What I take from that um, story is that God intervened on behalf of his people. And if I'm to sort of look at how God is presenting himself through that story, if I believe that the Bible is written by um, entirely human, entirely divine means, I am taking it that God is willing to do whatever for his people. I see it there. I see it with Gideon going into battle against 450 people. um, Sorry, not 450 people. He's going into battle outnumbered 450 to one and coming out unscathed with 300. I see it with... um, Moses getting the Egyptians out. I see throughout the Bible that the main, not the main thing, but the the point of it is God is willing to defy the laws of our current existence for us. Um, And ultimately we see in Christ's resurrection, which I do not think was an embellishment. I think it was very real and I believe it was very real. So I don't see why I can accept one and not the other, if that makes sense. With that said, because I think that's not the point. There are some scientists that think they have, um, like based on, I think, cosmic radiation or some some random thing, they, they think they can prove that that happened um, and that the Earth did suspend um, its rotation for an extended period of time that caused significant stuff to go on um, and I think change some of the orbits of Mars and Venus or something as a consequence something random I read and you know a few years ago um, that I thought was interesting but again that's not the point I don't care uh, how fantastic it sounds if God can raise Christ from the dead and that's what my faith is based on then he can hold the sun in the sky for 15 days for his people to win a battle and it's not even like his people are solar charged so why is that so important other than to say that god can intervene on, on our behalf and he has in my life on many times so that's that's my answer yeah. <coughs> so playing devil's advocate 
mm. if someone was to approach it from the perspective of textual criticism mm-hmm. and trying to um, almost debunk the uh, validity of the Bible, mm-hmm. and they're like, "That that's that's not possible. Like you mm-hmm. can't do that." Um, and even with, as um, Robert was saying, there will be essentially a galactic implication mm-hmm. as to this one event. Um, and for all intents and purposes, there's been no scientific record of that. Um, and so I, I, I don't believe that's true because it mm-hmm. kind of flies against all of that. Mm-hmm. How, how would you respond to that? It would be the same response. It would be that the Bible isn't a scientific document mm. um, and that it wasn't giving for scientific validation. Um, however, the linchpin of the Christian faith is that a man was killed brutally at that, resurrected, was able to do like at least, a, I think, a seven and a half mile walk with people teaching them about things, enter into buildings without using the door and um ultimately ascend into heaven in the plain view of people defying gravity and the fact that outside of the earth's atmosphere things will just freeze he was able to ascend into heaven um and have you know so many uh, in-person accounts of that event um and so the 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 idea of there being a supernatural event in the bible is not surprising mm. and and so you can choose to dis to to disagree with it, but the whole point of faith is, or the whole point of God is that He transcends our current existence. And if we are indeed within a small, um, temporary realm, and there is a, an existence in eternity outside of it, then it's completely within that existence. And I'm speaking of God who is in eternity is completely within his power to do whatever he wants with the creation that he made. And then I'll be cheeky and I'll say, you believe that there was nothing that exploded. So shut up. Great way of showing love. (laughs) (laughs) I did say we're testing my hereticness. So there you go. Because, so yeah. Sorry, so I, I was going to say it's just science makes it sound like everything is provable, and mm. yet the 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 Big Bang theory comes down to the idea that there was nothing that exploded. There was a singularity of infinite mass and infinitesimal, or whatever that word is, size that then exploded, and we have a universe. Now, except for the fact that it's true, and I believe it's true because it coincides with what the Bible describes happened in the beginning, your science can't prove that. And so it's like, okay, yeah, we, we that's hand-waving, and we're like, okay, it's all cool. But then this everything else we, we're going to try and then quantify and, and prove, and you just can't. So, yeah. I like that. I do like that. What's, what's your thoughts, Robert? Um, I think like Peter was saying, um, as a Christian, there are some things you have to just chalk up to, you know, <laughs> there are some things that God can do that I, I, I cannot understand. Mm. In the same way, um, you might go to the doctor, the doctor says, you know, take this medicine. 
you have you have you have no idea what's in that medicine, but because you, you believe that the doctor's ways are higher than your ways for the cost of medicine, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. take it. Yeah. The same way as a Christian, the same way as a Christian, you, you believe God's ways are higher than your ways, his powers are higher than your powers. Um so if he, if he says I could do this, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I think my issue comes when Christians or self-proclaimed Christians tend to have problems with supernatural occurrences. And I'm like, your whole faith is based on a supernatural occurrence that defies logic, that defies gravity, that defies everything. And yet you want to, you know, split hairs on, on this. It's like, yeah. Random like to pick and choose yeah. what, what God they, they believe in. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. Um, my question, my question is, is, is splitting hairs? Um, but I think I had another question. I think that question is perfect. So I'm going to hold that for you. So my question for Pia is, what would you say the difference is between sin and iniquity? Oh. If there is any. Huh. Hmm. I actually haven't I, I haven't thought about them as having any difference really mm. before. Um and I, I probably wa- I would want to sort of go back to the original Hebrew words mm. and when they occur to give a decent answer to that. Um but yeah, as I, I now that you've said it, I'm thinking, have I taken it for granted? And so it will be something I study. But unfortunately, I won't have a decent answer for you. I can't look it up now. But in terms of us always being ready and why we don't give the questions beforehand, I, I unfortunately don't have a good answer. That's being cool. completely honest, yeah. That's cool. Uh, have you found something? Have you seen something? Um, I think I was, I'd, uh, I'd, crawled, I'd crawled through this a while ago. Um, I think crawled. As in, like, going through it, yeah. Oh, 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 sorry. I think so you're at Crawl Fest. Like, what, no. <laughs> what festival do you crawl around? It. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like a cult. <laughs> sorry, I mean, yeah. um, I think it was a desiring God thing that I was looking at. Um, but they were saying um, iniquity is almost... Iniquity is... Um, the sinful desire in our hearts. Okay. And sin is a physical manifestation of it. Okay. So it's almost like, yeah, the mm. the thought process and the desire mm. is the iniquity. So it's almost like there there is wrath. Oh, there is like, yeah, there was there was a I think it was a proverb or or a psalm that made a distinction between God's punishment was on um, sin and its disapproval was on iniquity. Right. And almost explaining it from the position of iniquity, almost just being the... Um, iniquity almost being like a state of being, yeah. whereas sin being the action. Act, yeah, you've acted on it. Um, mm. which, so yeah. which, I guess, goes to, goes to prove a point in that even if you haven't done anything wrong, mm. you are in, you have a state yeah. of being yeah. that is fallen and depraved. Yeah. And it's almost sense. like when you when you're lost in your heart, Exactly. Iniquity is present, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then when you act act on it, then yeah. it's, it's it's yeah. It's so like that was directly it gives birth what, to sin. Yeah, but that's directly what Christ was um, pointing out to the Pharisees when yeah. he said, "Oh yeah, if you sleep with a man's wife, you commit adultery." But indeed, 
the iniquity that allows for you to look at a woman lustfully yeah. is sin enough. It's, it's yeah. evil enough in God's eyes to disqualify you from his presence. So that's yeah. a good one. That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's good. I've learned something today. But it would be good if, if you do jump into a little study that would be good mm. to kind of catch your thoughts on that as well yeah, um, yeah. i think i did I, I came i stumbled across it years ago mm. um so yeah I've, I've forgotten the the references and stuff but yeah I, just, I, just, I thought i'd just throw it out that's a decent one yeah i haven't I haven't yeah i haven't thought about it i've just used them interchangeably so far but no nah, thanks that's a good one nice, mm. nice, nice. all right should we get into Yes, yes sir. Let's go. So this topic was originally going to be a sorry not sorry question. Oh, okay. But for now, let's let's let's, let's, let's get into it a little bit more. Yeah, cool. Let's delve into it. <laughs> go, go, go beneath the surface. Okay. <laughs> I see where this is going. <laughs> so just carry on. Anyway, so um, I've heard it said in one way or another that you know entering certain stages in life has allowed people to, um, you know, understand God to a new level. Mm. I think the most recent time was when at church, Adi was talking about how, like, becoming a father allowed him to understand um, God is a father more. Mm-hmm. And then I've heard, people, I've heard people say that, you know, getting married uh, allowed them to understand, like, a certain, another level of, God's grace and God's love and unconditional love and blah, blah, blah. yeah. And so, um, firstly, I want to ask if that holds true for you guys who are both married and fathers. Um, I will say for me, yes. Yeah. No. Ditto. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's 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 the difference between watching a watching a fight and being in one mm. you know it's yeah you, you're quite quite literally i think that's actually a very good example <laughs> uh the the patience the um understanding the consideration the joy um it's it's all yeah it's 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 one thing to read about how much god loves us and you know is willing yeah. to do whatever for us and and is understanding of our existence and, and wants our praise is another thing to have that with another person that you are responsible for. And to some extent, you are like God for, you know, especially in the really, really younger ages, they rely on you entirely for everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, I think that's, I agree with that completely. Yeah. So, so following on, so would you then say, <laughs> it's gonna sound stupid, but would you then say that husbands who have children have a better understanding of God, of who God is, because of these experiences that they have. No, hmm. I will say it's <clears throat> um, it, using one of Peter's um, phrases is is more so about availability. You you could be in an ideal position and not be in tune, or not be available, or not be not inclining your heart to what God is doing in that situation and be no better off. And so- What do you mean? So it's like if, so the, the Bible speaks about quenching the spirit, like turning your gaze away from what the spirit is doing and, and actively saying no to the spirit's work in your life will kind of 
not yeah just not being in tune with what the spirit is doing and there is that reality in that god is always speaking but we may not always be listening or we not we may not be all we may not always be in the posture of submission to be able to listen or just be distracted with other things and so just not listening in general um so yeah okay but let's say but let's say you are in that posture you know as so if let's say you had um a husband father and then Mm -hmm. another husband father who both had the correct posture would the husband father have a deeper understanding of who God is based on the levels that not the levels but the attributes they have as a husband father. I would, <laughs> I, I, was, I will still father. say no. I will still say no simply because um what we know of God is not is not almost like a like like a equivalent equation or something like that where A plus B plus C equals D in every single situation. But the Holy Spirit is working uniquely in every single person's life. So A plus B plus C, the conditions may be right for, for person A, but for person B, those exact same conditions may not be conducive for a healthy relationship with God. And that's why but then that's why but, but, that's why but, Paul but, but, was but able you, to Paul was able to have a deep revelation with God without being in a without being in a, in a relationship and be able to counsel people who were in marriages and stuff, counsel fathers, even though he wasn't a biological father, he, he called himself a spiritual father, which I'm still kind of um and ahhing about because Jesus was like, have no fathers on earth, call no one your father, there's only one in heaven. So I'm, I'm kind of um and ahhing about that. Um, but yeah, he was still able to counsel people. And to be able to be that shepherd and be able to do these things, even though he wasn't in a relationship. So yeah, I think there's there's a there's a yeah, there's it's not it's not a zero sum equation. Yeah, I also, I also okay. think I also think it's um it's not as uh, straight. Yeah, as as most it's not straightforward, but also just not not all for others are good fathers mm. and not all people who people who don't have children might have been responsible for a child or looking after someone and be in a position to have experienced that without having a kid of their own yeah. as well so it's not it's not as straightforward or as um as as mo put it as clear cut as just that um yeah what were you so, going to say robert so you think um i was going to what was i going to say i so i was going to ask then how do you reconcile that with you both saying yes to having a change of understanding because of those new levels. I mean, I um, I, I had a change of understanding in my relationship with God when, when I first came to faith and my initial mentor was talking about if you have faith, you shouldn't get sick. And I got slapped with a dirty cold. And I went, I literally went through a crisis in my faith because I had a cold. <laughs> literally. Just... I went through a crisis in my faith because I had a cold because I thought it was my fault. I hadn't done what I was supposed to have done and that's why I had a cold. And in that situation, I was pushed further into, no, like, what shall separate us from the love of God? Shall sickness or health, like, that's not going to separate me from what God has pronounced over me and who 
who he's called me to be. Um, and so God, God is able to use any situation, any circumstance to kind of draw people closer to him. And I think there's, there's a relevance and a depth to being a husband and being a father that like it's a lifelong commitment. And at every stage, there is something that we have to learn in order to take care of somebody else. We have to learn in order to, to raise a family in a way that reflects God, if, if you're trying to be a good dad anyways, um, to be able to do this in a manner that reflects God. And I think all of these things, if, if, you're, if you're genuinely trying to live a godly life, if you're genuinely trying to get closer to God, every single situation in your life is, is, is an opportunity to encounter God. Yeah, I think my views on the topic are that like God is so multifaceted that there are so many different ways to experience him and to see different sides of him. Yeah. And he can teach the same, the same lessons in many different ways. Yeah. Like you may not be a father, but you could be like an animal enthusiast or whatever and learn the same lessons by watching the animal kingdom. In terms of how fathers take care of their children, and you could be watching a lion and and, and its cubs or whatever, <clears throat> and glean some of these these things, even if it's not directly experienced. Because for for Solomon to be able to say like, pay attention to the ants and learn wisdom from them, um, for me is like yeah, there's there's something that you can experience. Um, if you if you've made yourself available, as Peter was saying, there's there's also a relevance in actually experiencing it. But just because you've experienced something doesn't mean you've learned the lesson. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So what do you so what advice would you give to Christians who feel like they aren't having any experiences with God or they aren't learning anything new about God? Um What what I would say is, um, I, I would I would really encourage them to pray. Um, just pray. So I I went through that stage once, and it, it was so bizarre. I think I was Peter and I were going to the gym at that time, same gym, and. I, 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 don't, I don't know why I, <clears throat> I panicked, but I was really like, God, I don't, I don't feel like I'm growing. I feel like I've stagnated and I've, I've, I've yeah, stagnated in my, in my faith. There's no growth. There's no maturity. There's, there's, I'm just, I'm just there. Um, and I was just praying. I was like, God, like, I feel like I've stagnated. And I was like, just show me a sign that like you're still with me, like I'm on the right path, like I'm doing the right things. And I prayed, I said that prayer in the morning. I'd gone to the gym. And as I was on the bench, bench pressing, I felt like, oh, just just get up and like I'd finished my rep. I'd finished my rep and so I was getting up. <clears throat> and as I got up, I stared straight in front of me. And there was a guy with a t-shirt. On. And at the back of his t-shirt, it had the words, you're moving faster than you recognize. And as soon as I saw that, I felt God saying, you're moving faster than you recognize. Nice. And 
for me, as soon as that happened, the things that it, it really drew to, it brought to my attention was the sovereignty of God. In that, like, whoever designed that T-shirt, God had me in mind when he was doing that. When this person bought that T-shirt, God had me in mind. When this person um, decided to wear that T-shirt, God had me in mind. When this person decided to come to the gym at that specific time, God had me in mind. And when I had finished my rep, got up and I was looked like, God had orchestrated all of these things from the design, whatever may have inspired that, that design, God had orchestrated all of these things with me in mind. It may not have been only me, because obviously the person enjoyed a t-shirt so much that they bought it. So it, or clearly it had that person in mind as well, but God had me in mind. And for me, that was a sense of, all right, I can trust my growth to you. I don't need, I don't need to, to hold on to my growth so preciously. You are sovereign and you are in control. And so, yeah, and I think another encouragement that I would give is um, John 15, um, the true vine where it's like literally all we are required to do is abide. That is it, abide. Knowing that the vine dresser is going to prune that we may bear more fruit. So even when you feel like you've stagnated or you're not growing as fast or whatever, continue to abide, trusting in God that he will prune you. Like you bearing fruit is more of a concern to God than it is to you. And if you are, if you are engrafted into the vine, you will bear fruit. You ain't got no option. And I think it's important not to put pressure on yourself. Yeah. Because because being a Christian is a lifelong thing. Trust me. Yeah, you know. You go through seasons and it's it's not every season you bear fruit. It's not every season that you will hear like the audible voice of God or feel like God is saying something every day. Um, And I think... Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes, like, I, I've seen books and, and people talk where God just says, talk to them every day. Da, 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 da. And <laughs> I think stuff like that is helpful to believers. So, did you say it is helpful or it isn't helpful? I, I, don't, I don't think it is helpful. Why not? Because people be embellishing their, their stories. So just because some people embellish. They also might not be embellishing their stories. True. I think to some extent, like, I get what you mean, but I think that comes more down to comparison and not comparing yourself to someone else and, and to someone else's story. Because again, as, as you said, you don't know how they got there. Um, you don't know if they're embellishing. Some people very well could be. But some people also couldn't, could, um, it might be not. And I think instead of comparing and sort of um, looking at yourself and saying, well, I'm not there, so da-da-da-da, it's more so if that's the desire, if God's giving you a desire to, actually, I would like to see that or something, mm. then, you know, maybe how did they get there? What what did they do? Because I was also going to say there's there's some practical elements of, 
some of the spiritual disciplines that mm. people people do you know yeah. the um when there was a, a demon that the disciples couldn't um exercise yeah. Christ said this one comes up by prayer and fasting which indicates that he had been praying and fasting so that when he came and he did it it, it was it was all good um, and yet they they haven't been doing that. So there will always be levels. And it's not just prayer and fasting. It's spending time in the word. It's mm. spending time amongst other Christians in, in the corporate presence of God um, that, that are doing the things that maybe you want to do. Those are all part of it. And it's it's not to then say, go do ABC and you'll get this. Yeah. But there are elements to any relationship where... You know, there is an element of what you put in is what you get out. And if you're not where you want to be, prayerfully, um, wisely, you know, consider what, what it is you're doing and, and what yeah. it is you can do sort of thing. I would, I would add as well, um, almost against what you, you had mentioned. But not against, but I, I think a consistent communion with god is something that every christian should strive for um whilst recognizing that not everyone's communion with god is going to look the same and so not necessarily as peter was saying not necessarily comparing the way that one person does it to the to a way that another person does it um for some people it literally just may be journaling in the morning and they feel a sense of god being with them some people maybe through dreams, like whatever. Some people maybe through community, like people talk to you and you feel like, oh yeah, that was from God. Um, but just this, just this expectation that like God wants, God desires to talk to you. Like he, his spirit is in you and there's this, this communion, this dialogue um, where it's not just us praying, but there is a response as well. And, and factoring that in and facilitating that, that space for him to be able to, to do that and for you to just be try to be more sensitive to his spirit um while still recognizing that you may not hear god the way another person hears god or the person you aspire to be hears from god um and so it's really just being like all right god like speak to me however you seek to speak to me and help me hear you um one thing that god said to me hey plugging into that god talks to me all the time um, but one thing that God has said to me a while back, and again, I, I was in this notion of like, oh God, you're all, you're talking to all of these people, and it's like I'm out here struggling trying to figure out if you're saying this to me. And I, what I felt God saying to me was, don't trust in your ability to hear me, but trust in mine to speak to you. Nice. <laughs> and you know, the ones where just like, you're right, you're right, yeah. Because there is that sense of, I need to hear from God without recognizing that, no, God is the one speaking to me. You know? yeah. like, he will get my attention. Yeah. I, can, I, can rest, I, can be, I can, yeah, I can rest assured in that. I can just, be rested, yeah. They're just sort of riding, riding on the, the tails of that. There's also an element of needing to check your heart mm-hmm. and, and check your reasons for wanting to hear from God in the manner in which you think you should be hearing from God because it could just be that actually you want to be as popular as mm-hmm. a you know super healer that's doing yeah. all of this and hearing from God and, and stuff like that and 
more than wanting to appear to be at a certain level of maturity, I think we should want relationship. Yeah. And, and you pursue yeah. relationship differently, I think, than you pursue accolades or oh. um, levels or powers or whatever. I think, That's right. I think it's, it's when, with, with what um, Robert said, that I do resonate with, is when pe- people say, oh, God was talking to me from almost like a pompous sort of perspective. Whereas like, what well, I hear from God, I don't know about you, man, but I hear from God all the time. Um, I'm like, good for you. Um, I'm like, but what is your life saying? Is your life reflecting what you're hearing? Um, but yeah, it's, for, for some people, it is, it is almost trying to prove a point. It is almost showboating to be like, I hear from God. I, I, the fam, one of my first pastors used to stand in the pulpit and like beat his chest and be like, I pray for an, I speak in tongues for an hour and a half every day. And I remembered back then feeling like, yo, I'm slacking because I'm not doing that. You got time, innit? Fam. And now I'm like, good for you. But it's, it's, it's just one of them ones where it's just like, there's there's this, and I don't know if he meant it, meant for it to come out like that or if he was just saying it. I don't even remember the context of what he was saying. All I remember him saying is, I pray, for, I speak in tongues for an hour and a half every day. And I was like, good for you. Well, now I'm like, good for you. But I remembered back then feeling like, yo, I am slacking because I don't do that. So in situations like that, sometimes it's not helpful, but I do believe that it's something to aspire to, to, to commune with God on a daily basis, to, to be consistent in prayer, pray without ceasing. The Bible tells us to do that. And praying isn't us just going to God and just with our checklists and stuff, but also like listening to him, listening to what he's saying to us and stuff, staying in his word. And I think that, um, Peter may actually um, may have mentioned this already, but I think this is one of the main ways to discern God's voice is to know His word. Yes, to Absolutely. really know yeah. His word. That's that's yeah. one of the best ways to be able to discern. That his is voice. His voice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I think I'll be nice place to round up. Actually, nice conclusion to. Hmm. Mm. Hookups. I think I'll jump on it. So my hookup is an old one, but it's a classic. It's an anime, Akira. Akira. On Netflix now. Yeah. Yes, it's a it's on Netflix now. Do you know what? Yeah. So I do like a film. I study. I'm starting to try to study films and stuff. And yeah, I studied a film before. I'm not going to say what film it is, and it let me down. Peter knows what film it is, but it let me down. Stress. Um, but I'm I'm studying Akira, yeah, and yours gassing me. The story is gassing me. Like the point of the story is very simple, but they they put in the work, they dramatized it. The story structure is solid. The animation is solid. Like yours gassing me. So yeah, that's it's, an, it's a classic. That's that anime is definitely a classic. So yeah, Akira. Oh, my hookup is an album 
from Dave, Psycho Drummer. Mm. came out 2019. Yeah, it was either 18 or 19. Yeah, 19, I just checked. Yeah, he's really good. Really good. Can't now. I was, I was sleeping on Dave for quite a while, but my eyes have been open to the truth. Ooh. The skills have been removed. Mm. Peter? Peter's hook up his German Donna Kebab. He loves it. <laughs> Absolutely not. God forgive you for even saying that. No. Um, my hookup will be a, um, I was going to say an Amazon channel, a YouTube channel. So um, it's a, he's a software engineer called Jesse Linje. Um, he, he, he does loads of like, just really nice videos on, you know, being a software engineer, stuff that he's learned and, and stuff. But he also does lifestyle stuff um, and tech reviews and stuff like that. I mean, he's, just, he's just a really cool guy. He's Christian as well, so I'm just going to shout him out for no reason other than that. Um, but check him out. If you are even remotely interested in sort of uh, computer science and, you know, front-end development engineering, have a watch because he he breaks it down quite well and i think that's where a lot of jobs are going nowadays so it's worth being um aware of them yeah cool thanks guys sweet um, outro things shout out to food for the intro outro music i haven't done the audio amazing logo you can find us at twitter at furnace uk you can find us on instagram tbs furnace email tbs tbsfurnacehotball.com you can find us at soundcloud.com forward slash the backslash for there's no apostrophe on all good podcasts good podcast websites and apps like the first with the apostrophe come on come on this is the blacksmith's furnace signing out loud <laughs> <laughs>